It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Hi, welcome to episode number 259 of Locked On Raptors for uh, Friday, January 11th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. Uh, make sure you check out the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Find Locked On Raptors on its own page. Leave a rating, leave a review, the best way to help the show. The spiel you've heard a million times. I don't want to recite it because I'm very excited and I want to get to this podcast. So do all the things that I tell you to do on every episode. Uh, and let's get to it now. Uh, joining me today to talk about the Raptors 133 to 99 win over the Cleveland Cavaliers at home is Sahal Abdi. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. That was that was a great game to watch. Oh man, it was. Uh, I fired up the totally legal TNT stream. Had Kevin Harlan going nuts. Uh, I, you know, Fred Van Vliet doing his thing. I mean, just start to finish, it was a really fun game. The first quarter made it seem like it was going to be like a close kind of defensive game. Um, that obviously changed in the second quarter when the bench just went crazy. Um, it was a really fun game, man. I, there's lots we can get into. We're going to talk about some of our favorite performances from the game. Uh, we'll talk about whether or not it means anything for the larger picture stuff that we talked about with Chris Manning yesterday on the on the crossover episode. Um, but first, let's get to some of the interesting performances that came out of tonight. The Raptors had seven guys make double figures tonight. Uh, they went 18-42 from three. They just completely blitzed the Cavaliers in this game. It was pretty awesome. What was your favorite performance of all the Raptors in this game? Oh, it's so hard. Uh, That's the point. Uh, Norman Powell had a great game. Jakob Pertl also had a great game. I'm trying to think of a Raptor who actually had a bad game. I don't think there was a single one. Wenzel Brown played earlier in the day as well as Malcolm Miller, yeah. who came in late in the game. Um, um, and my favorite was Jakob Pertl. Uh, he crashed the board for me. He looked like he was 5 uh, on Harsh's height, uh, <laughs> but he, he, looked, he like outplayed Kevin Love 
from start to finish. And I and I felt bad for LeBron because it seemed like every time a good play would happen for the Cavaliers, it would be followed followed by a bad play. So uh, he was just looking at Kevin Love, who was just hopeless on the boards. Tristan Thompson had a terrible game as well. It was just a good old school beatdown from the Raptors to the Cavaliers. Yeah, Le- LeBron had that uh, like freak out on the sideline where he was yelling at the team for not playing defense, yeah. and then he proceeded to get blown by by CJ Miles like two possessions <laughs> later. So that was uh, interesting. I don't know about it, Sean, but LeBron's that one guy where like as good as he is, that top what five player of all time. Um, if you watch watch the guy enough, there's some mistakes he pretty well personally make, and mm. he'll look at his guys like. What are you doing? Yeah. And it's hilarious. Like, LeBron, I don't blame him for thinking that way sometimes where he just thinks he's never wrong. But, you know, there's there's sometimes where it's just like, LeBron, come on. That's, that's you, my guy. Like, come on. He's also literally never picked up a foul in his life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think my favorite performance in the game is Fred Van Vliet. Um, I mean, oh, it's kind yeah. of a cop-out answer because he led the team in scoring. Uh, 22 points, 4 boards, 4 assists, 8 of 11 shooting, 6 of 8 from deep. Like, my God. Um, and, like... He kind of added a crossover in this game that I hadn't really seen from him. It was just, like, super crisp. Um, So that was awesome. He was just amazing. Only 24 minutes played for Fred, which seems low. But uh, I guess garbage time kind of clouded that a little bit, and they had some different dudes in. But, man, Fred was awesome. Um, Just kind of, I mean, it's it's ridiculous that they have three-point guards who can be this good. Um, And for Fred to have that game... When, you know, obviously the, the shooting is a little bit sort of iffy. Uh, OG was 1 of 6. DeLon was 0 for 3. And Pascal was 0 for 3. And, like, that's going to be, I think, the thing that kind of limits this core come playoff time. Like, you saw the Cavs. Like, they were willing to double LeBron, uh, double DeRozan in this game and sort of make the other guys shoot. Uh, and it, it was working for a while because OG was struggling and so was Pascal and DeLon and all these guys. Um, but when you had Fred come in, it just kind of changed things because he was just pulling up for threes on his own. He was setting dudes up. He had a couple setups. He had one to OG. OG ended up airballing the three. I think it was the third quarter. But the setup from Fred was insane. Like He did like this filthy behind-the-back crossover and then yeah. just dished it out to OG on the wing. Um, obviously, didn't get the assist out of it because of the airball. But, man, he was just... On it tonight, man. He was so, so good. Fred's adjusting really well to the NBA pace, man. Like, he's yeah. reading the pick and rolls so much better this year. Yeah. Uh, and and I like that he understands that not every single set pick and roll play is supposed to be executed in that specific. You see him reset a lot. Yeah. Fred, you see him reset and try and get that perfect screen and, and build from there, which is something that Kyle Lowry does. A lot of really good point guards do that. Well, the casual NBA fan probably won't notice. But Fred's been in his gracious. DeLon went out early in the year. He played really well. Now Kyle DeLon starting, and, and he's just continuing that form. He looks good, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Undrafted free agent, you get this out of him. Um, yeah. Other performances that I think would be in the running. I mean, like you said, there's very few guys who had like a bad game. Like even DeLon. Uh, he only had six points. He was three of nine shooting. It was over oh three from deep, as I mentioned. But like, I thought his defense on Isaiah Thomas was really good. He had two yeah. blocks on him. Um, his offense wasn't amazing tonight. He had four assists, but uh, I thought he was even, like he might have been the worst Raptor, and he was still really good. Um, like Norm looked decent. I mean, he was six of fifteen shooting, but he hit a couple threes. Seemed to kind of get back in the groove of things. He had fourteen six and three. That was nice to see. Um, and Pascal was running the floor like a madman. He had a couple great offensive plays as well, like literally up and down the board. I would say Pirtle's probably number two behind Fred for me. Um, but man, just 
I don't know. I can't remember a game like this. Is kind of the idea of the Raptors, right? They're they're func- fully functioning best. They have twelve dudes who can play well on any given night, but for all of them to play well at the same time, like that's unheard of. That's insane. So uh, yeah. just credit to the Raptors. Like just, uh, I mean, so how do you? How much do you weigh how much the Cavs seem to not give a shit about this game? Because like I don't know, people were kind of like. Uh, very excited about it, understandably, but also the sort of thing in the back of your mind is the Cavs don't care about the regular season. Their defense is terrible, and they were just clearly not trying to play defense in this game. How much of that factors into how happy Raptors fans should be about this game? See, Sean, that's exactly it. I, I, did, I don't think the, uh, the Cavaliers care about the regular season. I think uh, earlier in the season, you saw LeBron uh, rack up the minutes. He's still, I'm pretty sure, in the top three or, or could be even leading the league in minutes. Um, so you were thinking that, okay, maybe LeBron, he's not playing around this year. He really wants the Cavs to, to dominate from the get-go. But I think you've just seen it so many times this season where the Cavs just go down early and they just don't care. Yeah. Um, their shot selection's poor. Um, their ball movement just completely stagnates. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, Cavaliers, I think they're okay with just getting that three seed. Um, as long as obviously it doesn't become a situation the five or six seed, I don't know if it's going to become that. But um, I think the lowest they're going to be the three seed. I think they're completely okay with that. I think LeBron's fine with that. Um, I think he still thinks he can beat the Raptors or the Celtics in the playoffs. Um, so really, it's just about getting the Cavaliers into the playoff mindset when it becomes necessary, I think. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, for sure. And, like, that's kind of the overarching thing. But I, my, my question more kind of pertains to, like, this game and, like, how excited should Raptors fans be about it. And, like, I still think down Surge and Kyle uh, against the Cavs, regardless of whether you think the Cavs cared or not, like, I still think this is a really impressive win that people should be pretty pumped about. So, like, I, I do feel like the conversations about whether or not the Raptors are actually changed can kind of be put off for a bit and just, like, enjoy this win because it was, like, an unlikely win. Some people were out there saying, like, oh, rest DeMar, just punt this game. It doesn't matter. They're going to lose to the Cavs anyway. The Cavs are coming off a huge loss to the, the Wolves over the weekend. Uh, they're, they're well-rested coming into this one. Like, just leave it be and uh, and don't worry about it and, and sort of punt and, and accept the loss. But, like, I don't know. I, I thought the the entire sort of way the game played out, I, like, early in the game I felt like the Cavs were trying. I didn't, I didn't feel like yeah. – I didn't get the vibe that they weren't trying. I think as it went along, their, their give-a-shit meter went down more and more. Uh, but, like, credit to the Raptors for, like, just tamping it down, I suppose, and sort of forcing them to pack it in because they were really oppressive with, you know, their ball movement. They had uh, 31 assists in this game. Like, that's uh, the fifth time they've broken 30 this season. Um, it was uh, just, like, as much as the Cavs didn't care, I don't think that makes this less of an impressive win for the Raptors, if that makes any sense. Um, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. at all. Um, the Raptors, I think, like I was at I was at work earlier today, and I had a lot of my coworkers saying, you know, this is the this is the one game where the Raptors should just you know pack it in. You don't have Lowry, you don't have Ibaka. Um, pack it in. It's LeBron. Just give it to him and move on. 
Um, and then you see the Raptors come out and blow them out by 35. Yeah. So, um, and all around from, what, four minutes into the game to, to the end, the Raptors completely killed it. Um, even Malcolm, I'm looking at the box score. Malcolm Miller had six points in five minutes. And I know it's garbage time, but the guy was playing at noon earlier today. So, yeah. Um, Lorenzo Brown uh, played 19 minutes after 34 for the 905 today. Like, yeah, that's exactly. nuts. But, but it's, it's definitely impressive for the Raptors. And I think it just, uh, it's just another testament to Dwayne Casey um, sticking to his promise of, of, of changing the system and undergoing that culture change early in the season and um, sticking to it. And I think the breaking them breaking the 30 assist mark, like you said, for the fifth time this season just goes to show that the Raptors, they're, they're really about their life. Yeah. For sure, the uh, the Valanciunas assist. He got the ball on the elbow. I think he hit uh, Fred cutting. Uh, that was just oh, like, oh. what the hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah, uh, Jonas had an amazing game. 19 minutes, 15 points, 18 boards. Got some foul trouble early. He had nine and nine before he got his second foul. I think like six minutes in. Uh, that was a super impressive start for him. Obviously, didn't have to finish the game because they went garbage time, line up late, but. Um, the thing with Jonas lately is like it seems like he's playing well against teams that he normally doesn't play well against. So that's I'm not sure how sustainable that is or whatever, but it's positive at least. Um, and like I thought his defense in this game was pretty good too. He didn't have any blocks, but I thought his defense around the basket was pretty was pretty solid. He had uh, six offensive boards to go along with Pirtle's four. Uh, the Raptors as a total had 18 offensive boards on the night. Um, they kind of did to the Cavs what the Heat did to the Raptors on, on Tuesday night, except the Raptors' offense was actually functioning outside of getting offensive boards as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was just uh, – and, and I guess we're talking about the culture change and all this stuff. The DeRozan stuff, and this can kind of dovetail into sort of the bigger question that comes from this game, is whether or not there is anything that happened tactically that you think actually matters for going forward in a potential playoff series with the Cavs because – like, without Kyle and Serge, I was kind of under the impression that, like, yeah, no, this game is not very meaningful. Like, when we are yeah. preparing for a second or third round series against the Cavs and we're sort of diving into the research, like, we're not going to watch this game back because it's not going to matter. Uh, I do think that the stuff DeRozan was doing kind of matters a little bit. I wasn't expecting the Cavs to come out and double. I really wasn't. I didn't think they would care that much. Um, maybe because Larry was out, it made it a little bit more palatable for them. It made it more attractive as an option. Uh, but they doubled DeRozan pretty much from the start. DeMar had two points in the first half. Um, but he had seven assists in the first half. He finished with eight, uh, led the team. He's done that quite a bit lately. He was also three of five from deep. Um, but I thought DeRozan's passing in this game was kind of one of the little bits that you can kind of look at and say, all right, this is a, a little bit promising for what the playoffs could look like because when he's passing out of doubles crisply and, and and you know succinctly and he's not you know getting bogged down and trying to make do too much or dribble through them or, or, or he's taking too long to make the reads that like that is huge for the Raptors offense obviously it requires the guys on the other end to make the proper plays and make shots but uh, the first step has to be tomorrow making those plays you know decisively and he was doing that exactly tonight um, some of the passes he made like cross court passes the skip passes like this is stuff yeah. and you tweet about this like that's just the, those are passes that he didn't make last year um, yeah. so I would argue that that's probably the most important tactical thing from this game what do you think about that and is there anything else that you noticed that you would sort of be able to look ahead to a potential playoff series and say hey like that could be a bit of a, an edge forward for the Raptors uh, I think the Raptors are the one team that the Cavs don't want to match up to uh, you, you stated the, the DeMar DeRozan improved passing ability I tweeted out 
is maybe the hundredth time this season where Demar made a pass where you're like he wouldn't made that pass last year. He probably would have shot it yeah. or turned the ball over, right? Um, but I think the one clear edge the Raptors have rebounding. I think second chance points is going to be huge for the Raptors in a potential matchup with the Raptors. Uh, JV had 18 rebounds, 18 minutes. Um, Pirtle had like when JV and Pirtle are, are get 30 rebounds, just just from the both of them. Um, something's going wrong with the Cavaliers. I think Tristan Thompson, as good as an offensive rebounder he is, defensively, yeah. yeah. Kevin Love, he's not really Minnesota Kevin Love anymore. LeBron, LeBron's a good rebounder, but there are nights where he just kind of expects the big guys to take care of that that rebounding load. But I think that's a, that's a clear edge the Raptors have. I think uh, CJ had five rebounds from what I'm seeing. OG had four. Uh, even Fred had four. Mm-hmm. Norman Powell had six. So the Raptors can definitely beat down the Cavaliers on on, uh, on the rebounding tip. But I think when you look at the, from the Cavaliers' perspective, you look at the Celtics. They're not really that great of a rebounding team. They're probably in the lower half. Horford. Um, they have smaller guys in a sense. They will run that small ball. Um, so I think the Cavaliers match up a lot better with the Celtics rather than they do than the Raptors. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, for sure. I, I kind of agree with that. Um, I think both the, the Celtics and Raptors have, like, I, I'm not picking either team to beat the Cavs in a playoff series at this point. I mean, maybe things change by the the end of the season maybe moves are made or whatever but um or health dictates that maybe the Cavs are more vulnerable but like I still think the Cavs are going to win that series but I do think both those teams are kind of more like both Toronto and Boston are a little bit more equipped to potentially throw some stuff at the Cavs that are that that is troublesome and also I just think the Cavs are less equipped this season to just kind of steamroll through the playoffs and the other thing too that I think from this game that I'll take going forward is like the Raptors and Isaiah Thomas, like, they're pretty good against Thomas. They seem pretty squared away in terms of how they want to defend him. Um, Thomas was awful tonight. And, like, how much of that is, you know, him still working his way back? Um, his legs were obviously weren't there. Most of his shots were hitting front rim. But, um, like, if we go back to last season, the Raptors had, you know, for the most part, aside from, like, one terrible fourth quarter in Boston where Isaiah and Kyle Lowry went back, like, back and forth um, and Isaiah ended up winning out, um, like, I, I think the Raptors kind of have defending Isaiah Thomas squared away. And, you know, having DeLon Wright, who's like a foot taller than him, be able to pester him. And he picked up two blocks on him tonight. I jokingly yeah. set the over-under at six and a half DeLon blocks on Isaiah tonight. Um, <laughs> fell a little short of that, unfortunately. But, um, like, he, you have, you can throw DeLon on him. You can throw Kyle on him. Kyle's been pretty good on him, good on him in the past. And then, 
I just I think the drop off in a playoff scenario, like I think in the regular season, him and Kyrie Irving, especially last season, like Isaiah Thomas, like the, the regular season it had last year is better than anything Kyrie's ever done. Um, but like I think in a playoff situation, the drop off I don't think we've talked about quite enough how big the drop off is going to be from Kyrie to Isaiah just because of the size factor. Um, and I, I just I think that's going to be big come playoff time. I think that's easier to shut down. I think it's easier to game plan for. And you know and yeah, Isaiah had some moments in the playoffs last season, but I also think Kyrie's a much more difficult guy to neutralize in that situation. Um, so I think the Raptors are kind of well equipped for that. I think you know Wright and, and Lowry, uh, Fred to a lesser extent. If you want to throw Norm on them, like they have a lot of different looks they can throw at Isaiah, um, and that eliminates you know the second best offensive player or third best offensive player on the Cavs. And if you're going to be in a shootout with the Cavs. You know, having the upper hand on one of their best offensive players is going to be important. And I think the Raptors' defense this season is much better than it was last year. You know, as good as it was with P.J. Tucker, like, it just feels a little bit more switchy, a little bit more versatile, a little bit more capable of making game-changing type plays than it was last year, maybe. Um, So that's all going to factor in. Um, But I do think the Isaiah factor and just the fact that Isaiah is not Kyrie Irving and is not as tall as Kyrie Irving, I think that is going to be pretty huge come playoff time. I think, like you said, Isaiah is is coming back from injury. We can't really judge him too early on on, on how he's performing. Um, you could tell, like you said, he didn't really have lift in his legs, a lot of front rim, um, a lot of ugly shots. Um, and you look at Isaiah and you're looking at him. If, if this is your first time watching Isaiah Thomas, you're probably wondering why he's taking these type of shots. But he was hitting a lot of those last year. Yeah, um, He was probably... Arguably, I'd say the best offensive player of the year last year. Um, so when you look at a guy, you put a guy like Delon Red on him, I think is probably one of the most disres- disruptive. Sorry, I was for disrespect. Disruptive point guards um, defensively in the NBA. Um, I saw a lot of guys who don't usually watch the Raptors on my Twitter timeline who were just raving about Delon Red and his defensive capabilities, but. Um, they definitely, the Raptors definitely have an edge in the sense that um, you look at the Celtics, they can throw probably a Marcus Smart on him. Um, but not a lot of teams have Marcus Smart and DeLon Wright. So yeah. the Raptors definitely have an edge there as well. Um, not in the sense that, hey, DeLon's going to shut him down every time Isaiah goes up against him. Uh, Isaiah's going to get his regardless. But I think the Raptors have what a lot of NBA teams don't have. And that's a guy that they can count on um, to kind of guard. Uh, the best backcourt player a night in and night out that's DeLon Wright yeah for sure I do think if there's one sort of concern I have with DeLon it's that on a couple screens he kind of got hung up and like if you lose one step on Isaiah especially for DeLon who's like not the fastest point guard in the world um, that is going to burn you a little bit he did get kind of behind but he's also long enough that he can kind of make that up a little bit and kind of I think that's where both of his blocks came from actually where he ended up kind of behind Isaiah and ended up just you know lurching forward with his arms and got the block um, but that's a concern I guess if you if you're looking at what like full scale Isaiah Thomas will look like with 40 games under his belt and totally healthy um but no, man, it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, I don't want to get negative on this podcast because it's been so positive, but was there anything from this game that gives you some pause as to, uh, you know, how the Raptors might handle the Cavs in a playoff series this time around? Uh, LeBron, he, he he's good. LeBron's always, always going to get his, yeah. um, I don't know how he only had one assist today. That's just not like LeBron James, three rebounds and one assist. Um, 
I guess just no one was hitting shots. But um, anything that gives me pause, honestly, as well as the bench unit played today, yeah. uh, when you go away to a city like Cleveland, you need your bench to play well. And uh, it's been a constant theme where people have talked about it, rappers, writers have talked about it uh, all throughout the season. When you go away to play well, and if your bench is mostly comprised of youthful players, uh, OG Adenovi, DeLon Wright, Pirtle, Van Fleet, Powell, uh, Siakam, um, you take away Miles, and the average age of, that, of those guys is like 12. So, <laughs> honestly, you got to have guys that um, have experience in those types of situations, and I think if the Raptors were to, ha- were to play the Cav- Cavaliers uh, in the first round, or sorry, not in the first round, in the second or, or Eastern Conference Finals, uh, you would need the bench to play kind of out of their minds to keep up with the Cavaliers. So, so for now, I'm going to say the bench, and I know it's kind of outrageous coming coming off a game like this, but uh, I think to it, the bench needs to play out of their minds in the playoffs. Yeah, I think for me, the bench is not quite as much of a concern because I just don't think they're going to play the full bench unit come playoff time. Like right now, as it stands, there's definitely some shot creation issues when it comes to just the full five man bench. Uh, lineup, but like if you have Kyle yeah. playing with those guys or Demar playing with those guys, there's a little bit more in terms of creation. So I'm less worried about them kind of keeping up, and I think their defensive prowess is you know pretty much obvious at this point. Um, I do think for me, if uh, if there's a concern I have, it's it, it's the shooting. I think of like Pascal and OG and Delon and like sort of the, sort of the the second tier guys who aren't like where the most of the three pointers are coming from. Like I have confidence that CJ and Serge and Kyle are going to hit their threes. Um, but from the secondary guys who are still going to get their threes to come to them and come in a playoff situation, they're probably going to get them funneled to them even more often. Um, yeah. That is a concern for me, and that's kind of what brought the Raptors down last season. And I think those guys can offer other things that make them useful players and, and will make them complete liabilities the way like a Patrick Patterson and Damari Carroll was last year. But uh, that's something that's going to be an issue for me. And like we saw it in, early in the game. like the, the, It was close in the first quarter because those guys are missing shots. Like They were getting all the looks they wanted. Uh, and Demar's passing was setting those guys up, but like they were bricking them. And I don't think there's enough of a sample just yet to say like OG is a great shooter just yet. I mean, he's one of six tonight. He's kind of fallen on hard times of late. Uh, Delon was over three. Like these aren't guys who have great pedigree in shooting threes. So and Pascal was over three as well, and he's you know whatever five for his last hundred or something. But um, so that's going to be I think an issue, and like that could kind of dictate I think maybe Casey's rotation like. If you get to the playoffs and he's cutting it down to eight guys, like those guys might be the ones who lose some minutes because they're the ones you can't trust to make threes as much as the other guys. Um, Mal- M- sign Malcolm Miller up to uh, to an NBA level deal <laughs> just to have him out there as a gunner, uh, two of two from three yeah. tonight. Um, but yeah, no, that that's that's and also I like I just don't think the Cavs will miss all of the threes again. Like they're six of twenty six tonight, they'll get more up. Uh, good on the Raptors for presi- for. for for preventing them from getting all the three-point attempts that you know they normally would accrue, but um, like they're gonna get hit more. You know, Isaiah is not gonna go 0 of six. Jr. Smith's not gonna go 0 of two. As much as those guys have struggled this season, especially Jr. Um, like I don't think, and even Jay Crowder, he was one of two. I mean, he's been really bad this season. Um, I just I think those will even out a little bit more. They'll play more Kyle Korver. 
Um, they'll have more guys up there who are, who are hitting threes. If LeBron has to take more threes, he'll take more threes, and he is shooting like 40% from three this season. So um, that's, a, that's a concern. So, like, again, all of this kind of comes back to I think the Cavs probably are better anyway, and they'll, they'll, they'll win a playoff series. I'm not sure how much this game changes. Maybe, like, 2% I feel more confident in a, in a series between the Raptors and Cavaliers, but um, I don't think it's huge, and I think, you know, the, the takeaway from this game is enjoy the hell out of this game because – you know, who knows what it means for, like, the larger picture. But for now, like, it's just a really fun-ass game that was an unexpected win. It's going to go down as one of the more fun wins of the season. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, would you agree with that? Like, just more enjoy this as opposed to making it more of, like, a, a, a conversation about the bigger, you know, picture? Yeah, 100%. Enjoy this while you can. I think the Raptors were definitely not a favorite coming into this game. Uh, you play the best player on the planet. Uh, LeBron James, you probably not favored um, on the Golden State Warriors, but I just want to add on to what you said uh, about shooting. I completely agree with that. Um, Sean, yeah. Ujir, uh, does he have to knock on Brady Haslip's door? Eh, I, I don't know. I'd rather have a dude who can you know, play defense also instead of <laughs> only shoot threes in a situation in which he's... Uh, like, I don't know. I'm not too concerned about signing Brady. I'm not, I'm, Come on. Nah, I'm good. Malcolm Miller's right there. He shoots threes, and he's actually, like, a large human. So uh, they have the, they still have that open roster spot. I'm curious if they're going to do anything with it. Um, they got the $69,000 in savings by uh, the surge suspension, so maybe they uh, spend oh, it on yeah. something a little nice and uh, make one of Lorenzo Brown or Malcolm Miller a, a full-time roster player. Maybe they sign someone for the rest of the season. I don't know, in the buyout period. Maybe. Maybe you pay off Bruno Caboclo's OSAP. <laughs> sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I'm sorry, guys. If you're listening, I'm sorry. I just didn't want to go there today. But no, I, I think that's the perfect way to end it. Um, it's a bummer Bruno didn't get to play in the suit tonight. It would have been great. Yeah. Uh, this was great, Sahal. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, I went back and forth. I wasn't going to do a podcast after the game because I was tired. Uh, I'd have to wake up early, but I was just too jacked up. And uh, thanks for Shit coming on. and. Dealing with my ebbs and flows of productivity. Appreciate that. Uh, anything you want to plug right now? Um, just the usual. I'm on Raptors Republic, guys. This is your first time listening. Um, ESPN True Hoops Raptors Republic, led by Blake the Don Murphy. Um, on 329 28. And um, follow Sean Lee. Or actually, Lee Sean. I think you just cut out Sahal, but uh, thank you for telling people to follow me. I'm assuming people who listen to the podcast probably follow me, but you could do that at Woodley Sean. Uh, yeah, at sabd28, I kind of yeah. got muffled there a little bit there. Um, and uh, yeah, Raptors Republic, make sure you're checking out LockedOnRaptors.com. I haven't written anything this month because I'm lazy. Um, I might have something over the weekend at some point. I've been very busy. It's not that I'm lazy. It's just that I'm busy with other stuff and not inclined in the evenings when I'm exhausted to write stuff but uh, I will have some more written stuff soon I'm sure as things ramp up here and we get closer to the deadline and all that good stuff maybe I'll do a mailbag or something next week to keep people happy um, but until then make sure you're checking out Locked On Raptors on iTunes please leave a rating or a review it's the easiest way to help with the show show that you care all that good stuff um, and thank you so much for tuning in so Hall thanks for coming on man and uh, we will talk to you on Monday this is the last episode of the week so we'll talk to you on Monday with another episode of Locked On Raptors have a good one everybody cheers Hey Prime members you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music 
Download the Amazon Music app today.